Highway to Safety, Episode 8. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Highway to Safety podcast. My name is David Wallace, the Traffic Safety Guy, and this is the podcast about traffic safety, providing you knowledge, raising your awareness, and giving you the tools to be a safer driver. On this show, I discuss traffic safety issues, give you tips and suggestions on what we can all do to be safer on the road, and bring you conversations with policymakers, traffic safety professionals, and the people who are making a difference every day of their lives to make our roads and highways safer for all of us. What do you say? Are you ready for our journey together on this highway to safety? Let's get started, shall we? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Highway to Safety podcast. I'm glad you're able to drop in. And in this episode, I'm going to be speaking with Jacob Nelson, or as he goes by, Jake. And Jake is an epidemiologist with AAA, or the Automobile Association of America, And he brings a really different perspective on this whole area of traffic safety. As an epidemiologist, he's looking at traffic safety or the fatalities that are happening as a public health threat, as something that can be prevented. And he's looking at the research differently. And so I think you'll find our conversation fascinating as to the issue of senior driving. And the reason I'm talking to Jake and releasing this episode is that this week right now, It's Older Driver Safety Awareness Week. So it's a great time to start the conversation about senior driving. Are you someone that's over 65? And are you still driving? I hope so. Do you have someone in your family, in your household, a parent or grandparent that is over 65? If so, this is an episode that you're going to want to listen to. Now we know that driving in many situations is actually a key to freedom. And that's for the young and the old, whichever. We know that when you have the ability to go driving, you can go where you want, when you want, visit who you wish, explore new sites, have new adventures. And yet there are situations where you have to be careful. Now, senior citizens, and I I use that in terms of 65 or older, most of them are very capable and have a lifetime of valuable driving experience. And there is no way that we are saying in this episode that at a certain age, you should lose your license. The research doesn't support that. But what we are going to say here is be alert to the situation. Be alert to the changes in your body. Understand that aging does bring about change, whether it's the ability for vision, physical fitness, flexibility, reflexes, judgment, all of that changes over time for all of us. We're all human and it happens to everybody. So the question is, have you assessed where you're at? Do you understand the dangers you may or may not be in? And if you do, have you taken steps to change it? Knowing where your limitations are, there are options to make it so that it's not a limitation, whether it's the car and the features on a car, whether it's working on flexibility, vision, and getting better glasses, whatever the aspect is, many situations can be remedied. During my conversation with Jake, we're going to be talking about what can senior drivers do, first off, to understand where they're at, and secondly, once they have that knowledge, what can they do? What are the remedies? And you'll find out about some online tools that you can use help give you those answers. I mean, why is this important? What we know is, first off, in 2011, about 5,400 people died that were age 65 or older from car crashes, and 185,000 people were injured. 
and that represented 17% of all traffic crashes. Yet, the population in general is made up of only 13% of people age 65 or older. Now, that implies that being older than means you're at greater risk. Now, what you're going to hear from Jake is that is absolutely not correct. Senior drivers, older drivers bring a wealth of safe driving experience. And they're not typically doing the things that we we associate with dangerous driving, such as well, drunk driving being a prime example. But there's other issues going on here. It's not because senior drivers are not safe. The vast majority are are very safe. During this week of Older Driver Safety Awareness Week, this is an important topic to start the conversation in general and to start being aware of the whole issue of senior driving. Senior drivers, people over 65, that percentage of the population has been growing phenomenally over the past several years. In 2011, there were 35 million licensed drivers that were aged 65 or older, and that's a 21% increase from 2002. So clearly it's a growing segment, which also means then that this is something we need to address. Whether it's in the family or individually, these are going to be issues that keep coming up now. So this episode is just, just the start of a conversation and hopefully have if, it's, if you need to. And as you're listening to this episode, if you want to check out any of the links that are discussed, please feel free to go over to my website at highwaytosafety.com and slash zero eight will take you directly to this particular episode. Let's go ahead and transition over to my conversation with Jacob Nelson with AAA. I am so thrilled right now to be sitting here with Jacob Nelson, who is in background actually is an epidemiologist, uh, but he acts now with, he's actually now with AAA. And his work here has been sort of in a sense, I'll say it this way, mixing that, his background of epidemiology with public health and traffic safety and how those two are combined and making sure that our roads are safer for all of us. He studied at University of Chicago where he studied public policy. He's worked in Chicago with public health and had his own uh, business there in that area. But he's found that traffic injury and traffic in- injury prevention is a critical component of making sure that everyone is safer on their high- roads and highways. Jacob, I want to thank you for taking the time to come here and I really do appreciate it. Thanks, David. Glad to be here. And what I thought we would talk about this time is senior driving. And it has a variety of names, older driving, senior driving, but it's all around the same idea of we have a, an elderly population now that are driving. And in fact, when we're looking at this uh, discussion, is Senior Driving Week. So what, when I say senior driving, what does that mean to you? Well, to us at AAA, um, we look at the issue of older driver safety and mobility uh, as an issue that affects primarily people over the age of 65, but we also recognize that the challenges that sometimes come with the natural process of aging can affect people at almost any age. Uh, And so we will often internally talk a lot about medically at-risk drivers, so people whose, you know, health status or a medical condition in one way or another uh, affects their safety behind the wheel. And that could include not the condition at all, so much as perhaps the medications that somebody takes to treat their medical condition. So it's a variety of factors then, it sounds like. And with your background as an epidemiologist, how does that play a role in this whole discussion? Well, that's a good question. Looking at the issue of older driver safety and mobility, it's really easy to sort of skim the surface and to look at you know, the raw numbers of crashes that involve older drivers and make some assumptions about them as a group. 
what epidemiology does uh, for us at AAA to help understand the issue a little bit better is to analyze those numbers from a variety of different angles. And so we learn some interesting things when we do. You can look at the number of people killed in crashes that involve older drivers. And when you separate it out, you find that uh, most of the people who die in those crashes are the older drivers themselves, or they're equally as old passengers, not other road users. Uh, and that's important. And the reason why we see that is because older drivers are more frail and fragile. And so they're less able than you and me to withstand the forces of a crash. And so they're uh, more likely to become injured and it's much more difficult for them to recover from their injuries. So it's not the fact that, again, they're not saying that they're not safe. It's just how well they can handle the injuries. Right. And so it's easy, I think, for the general public and for the news media in particular to uh, make some wild assumptions about sort of the safety performance of older people in general. And that's because we see news reports sometimes of an older driver crashing their car into the front of a grocery store, into a dry cleaners, or something like that. And so then we make generalizations about older drivers as a group. And so it's important to understand that the people who get into those types of crashes are folks who have a medical condition or take medications to treat that condition and that's really what has put them at risk as a driver. It's not that they're old. You know, something that, that we say here is that birthdays don't kill people. So, uh, so that's important to, to understand. And that older drivers as a group are actually among the safest on the road. They're less likely to drink and drive, uh, less likely to speed, and they're among the folks most likely to buckle their safety belt each and every time. And those are three of the major factors in fatalities, impaired driving and seat belts and, and speed is obviously the three big ones that we always hear about. Sure. So if, if they're safe drivers, why do we have Senior Driving Week? Why is this an issue? Sure. So Older Driver Safety Awareness Week is sort of a, a good opportunity for families to have a wake-up call about the issue and to learn a little bit more about uh, the true risks of older drivers as a group and understanding that they're actually quite safe to understand that when somebody has a medical condition or uh, their treatment regimen is what puts them at risk, that by working with their physician or with an occupational therapist, for example, that many times you can address those challenges and reduce the risks and allow that person to continue to drive and extend their mobility, which is the goal. And to think about planning ahead. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes I think that people make is waiting to address this challenge in their family when it's right in front of their face. Yeah. And so the benefit of Older Driver Safety Awareness Week is to talk to mom or dad or to grandma and grandpa or whoever the older driver is that you're concerned about before you're really immediately concerned about their safety as a driver. You can talk to them about, hey, mom, dad, you know, if one day you become an unsafe driver, uh, I'd like to work with you right now and talk to you about how you would like us to handle that situation. I'd like to look at uh, where you live and if you could no longer drive yourself, how would you get around to the places you need to go? Let's look at the services available in your community uh, and let's get a plan of action down now when you're able to contribute to what that plan is so that if one day, and it, that day may not come, but if one day you can no longer drive, you were a participant in determining how that situation would be handled. Now, there's a whole variety of issues right there that you just went through, obviously. And in some respects, you're looking at the, typically the son, the daughter, the child of that elder driver speaking up and taking action. That can't be something easy. It's not easy at all. In fact, people really struggle with it. But what makes it a lot easier 
is when you can have that conversation at a point in time when it's non-threatening. If there's no issue with mom or dad and they know it and you know it and you're talking about planning for the retirement from driving and the way that you might plan for your retirement from your job, then it becomes a lot easier to have that conversation because there is no problem that you, you have to deal with immediately. You're just planning ahead in case it becomes a problem one day. And you're creating a situation where mom or dad, for example, can help develop and decide what that plan is. Rather than having a conversation about taking the keys away, the conversation is, look, if one day you can't drive and we know that you're fine now, how would we handle that? How would you get around? Let's start thinking about those things now when we're not stressed out by it. Which is obviously a big factor. The stress plays a role and everybody's upset and trying to take care of something right then and now. Right, and so if you, if you can have that conversation when there isn't a problem to deal with, then it's much more likely that that older driver will start to think about those things and be more uh, cognizant of their driving and when they might not want to drive anymore. And if they start to feel uncomfortable at some point in the future, they've already had that conversation with you. Those lines of communication are already open and you've already talked through some of the issues. As that driver, you know what the services are in your area. If you have public transit available to you, then you've had time to practice using it to get to the places that you want to go before you have no other choice but to use it. So the early conversation is really important. Now, that's obviously for the one side, that'd be the great side then is when everyone sits down and talks about it ahead of time. Uh, but sometimes it's the senior driver that uh, may need to start thinking about it themselves and what they need to do. And, and I mean, what happened? Why is this a problem for senior drivers in general? What's going on physically with them? Sure. Well, as we age, there are some things that happen to all of us. Uh, obviously, um, your your reflexes slow, your reaction times increase, your vision becomes compromised, the mind can start to go. You know, dementia is a growing problem in the United States, and the older you are, the greater your odds are of developing dementia. So these are all things that we all face. And the challenges from a policy standpoint is those are challenges that we all face at different points in time. And yeah. so it's not, uh, it's not a situation that lends itself to chronological age as a trigger to start having these conversations or for the DMV to make certain decisions. And so the onus is really on older drivers themselves and their family members to make sure that they're smart about these issues and to talk as early as they can about how it will be handled. And for those people who find themselves in the situation and it's immediate, an immediate threat, you know, there are a lot of tips that, that we can offer them to make that conversation easier to navigate. It's interesting you mentioned about the chronological age. Uh, my parents went overseas for their 50th wedding anniversary to Scotland, and when they got there, they had everything all set, and the, you know, the car rented, and then my dad's over the age of 75 at that time, and he was told, you can't drive the car. Now, I don't know if that was insurance for the car company, the rental company, or if it was a country law, but they were, had set the chronological age at that time. Um, but we do see differences in people and how they respond, depending on their age and, and uh, the genealogy and everything else, it makes things make a difference. That's right, and you know, I'm glad you brought that up. In the United States, there's only one state where you have to retest for your driver's license when you turn a certain age, and that's in Illinois. And there's a reason why only one state requires that <laughs> policy because the research doesn't support that it has any uh, positive effect from a safety standpoint. In fact, the research also shows that it has a negative effect from a mobility standpoint. 
folks who know that at a certain age they have to retest for their driver's license may actually have performed just fine on that retest, but will choose not to for fear of losing their license. Wow. And so they give up their mobility willingly for fear of the embarrassment that they might experience in maybe failing that test. When if they had just gone, they would have performed fine. That's important to keep in mind. And when we see those news reports of an older driver crashing somewhere in our community, to remember if you're a policymaker, that the knee-jerk reaction to want to do something about that issue should not be to retest people at a certain age because the research isn't there to support it. And that's one of the most common reactions that folks have. Yeah, you always think about the age. Well, they're the age, let's do it. Yeah, so we spend a lot of our time when those stories break educating folks about what the data and research really do tell us, and that's where the epidemiology really helps us. So you mentioned that there's tips that uh, can be looked at and considered uh, for, for senior drivers and things to, to do better, in fact, and stay safe and stay mobile. What are some of the tips that the AAA uses or that you've seen in your professional experience that would help to make sure that uh, there's no problems here, that they're able to continue being independent when they want to be that way? You know, one of the most important things that a person can do as an older driver is to understand where things rest today. What is your medical status? What is your, how are your skills and abilities as they relate to driving a car? And so there are a variety of ways that a person can do that. One way is to use one or more screening tools. AAA offers a screening tool through our Foundation for Traffic Safety. It's called Roadwise Review. It's free to anyone, members or non-members, on our website, seniordriving.aaa.com. And it takes about 30 to 45 minutes to complete. It's done on the computer. Uh, and it looks at eight different functional abilities important to safe driving. And we'll let you know, based on about six years of research that we did to develop the tool, it will let you know whether you have no impairment, a moderate impairment, or a severe impairment in those areas. And we look at things like vision, visual acuity, reaction time, head net flexibility, those types of things. All the things that are logically related to driving. And so uh, what's good to know is that you may have no impairment in all of those eight areas, which is great to know, especially if you can then screen yourself on a regular basis moving forward to look at changes over time. And if you start to see that your performance is changing in one or more of those eight areas, that's a great sort of benchmark to know, oh, I might wanna go talk to my doctor because there might be something that we can do to correct this. And then when you take the screen again after that, you will measure no impairment. And so that's a really great way to approach it. If you find that you have a moderate or severe impairment uh, using Roadwise Review or some other screening program, there are several options available to you. You can go and speak to your state licensing agency or DMV and ask to, for your case to be reviewed by a medical advisory board. They will collect a variety of information from you. They'll have you get information from your, your primary healthcare provider. Uh, they will look at your crash records. They, will, uh, they might recommend that you get a comprehensive evaluation by a certified driver rehabilitation specialist or an occupational therapist. Uh, they'll look at your cognitive functioning, all of those things. And based on all of that information taken together, they will provide you with information about at that point in time, under what set of conditions or circumstances is it safe for you to drive? And also provide you with information on what you can do at that point to help address any of those challenges, whether it's additional training, instrumenting your car with aftermarket devices to help with flexibility issues, or something as simple as a driver refresher course. 
So a number of things there, but again, that's, and that's the best part of that is that that's where the person's proactive, seeing something's going on, and decides, I need to check this out and make sure I'm, I'm still safe on the road. Where else could they, I mean, so you mentioned the uh, website. We'll come back to the address here in a few minutes here again as well. Are there other tools that are similar in that nature that would be useful? Uh, similar to Roadwise Review? Yeah. Uh, so th we have another uh, tool that's uh, pencil and paper based. Okay. Uh, it, some people just face it. We're talking senior citizens here. Sure. Some of them would rather not do computers. Fair <laughs> enough. So that one is called Driver 65 Plus. And it's just a series of questions that uh, you answer. And based on your responses, at the end of the booklet, you'll receive some advice based okay. on your score. And that ad advice could include anything from you should see a vision care specialist or ophthalmologist. Uh, you might want to talk to your primary health care provider or CNOT or whether or not you should limit or stop your driving until you've spoken to one of those those people. I know that there are other tools out on the market. Some of them are free. Some of them come at a cost. Some of them have been evaluated and researched and some of them have not. <laughs> one thing that I would flag for your listeners would be Self-screening instruments are really great tools if you are cognitively fit. Sure. Because if you are in the early stages of dementia or have some sort of cognitive decline, then not only are you as an individual not able to properly administer a screening tool for yourself, but you're unable really to interpret the results the way that they need to be interpreted. So that is a caution uh, that I would uh, provide to your listeners is that that first an individual needs to be cognitively well before self-screening is something that can help people. And for folks where that is a challenge, that's where a formal review by an occupational therapist can be really beneficial because they will look at that very issue and provide recommendations. Now, one of the things you've mentioned here obviously is the skill set as far as some of this test looks at their ability to see your visual and turning their head and flexibility in that. How do they keep their skills sharp as we, as, I mean, we're all getting older, you know, what do we do to keep our skills sharp? Right. So that's a good question. The answer isn't going to be super exciting. <laughs> In fact, it's, it's the answer to almost all of our health related problems, right? Is <clears throat> physical exercise and flexibility is really important. Uh, not only for the obvious reasons of increasing your reaction time, your leg strength and mobility, your head and neck flexibility, all of those things that you need to safely oper operate a motor vehicle, but also, a lot of research has shown that people who exercise uh, actually have, you know, better cognitive function. Yeah. And so, you know, beyond the physical exercise, also the whole notion of use it or lose it. Crossword puzzles, games, those types of things matter. There are fancier products and services that a person can use to enhance their sort of mental health uh, or cognitive health. The AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety promotes one that is designed and was built by Posit Science out of San Francisco. And uh, it's called DriveSharp. And that is a, a cognitive training program, again, that's computer-based. It functions like a game on the surface, but really what's happening behind the scenes is it is widening your useful field of view and your reaction time. And it takes about 10 hours to reap the benefits of the training, but in the research that they have done that we have reviewed, and have been quite impressed with that folks who have participated and completed that program have increased their reaction time by 200% and reduced the, their odds of getting into a crash by 50%. Oh man, that so is, that's, that's huge. That's huge, but it's hard to wrap your mind around 
using something that might look like a video game could <laughs> do something like that for you. But it, you know, the, their program was actually built to help people fight sort of the mental part of the aging process generally in all aspects of, the, of your life. But they recognized that driving was a huge part of that. And so they helped us develop this special program geared towards driving in particular. Now you mentioned early on in our discussion here when we were talking, you started off and one of the things you talked about and I want to come back around to now, talk about treatment and medication. Obviously, as we all know, as we get older, that becomes more of an issue where we start taking medication for whatever the issue is. How does that play a role in driving and do we need to watch out for that? Good question. That's a huge and growing uh, problem in the US, especially among the older population. You know, as you know, David, about 10,000 people turn age 65 every day, and we'll continue to do that until the year 2020. And some research that the AAA Foundation did a few years back, we did a national survey of older drivers to ask them specifically about their medication use. And we learned something really interesting, which was eight out of 10 drivers age 65 and older take medications on a regular basis. And that 48% of those folks have never spoken to their healthcare provider about the possible dangerous side effects related to driving. Oh, as a function of taking their medication. Again, a huge issue there. Yes. So another really interesting fact was that about 69% of folks that we surveyed uh, regularly use one or more potentially uh, driver-impairing prescription medications. And so these are things like sleep aids, muscle relaxers, those types of things. Even over-the-counter medications like sure. cough, cold medication can affect your ability to drive safely. Uh, not only do we have a few tips, but we've also created a free tool for folks to use. And this is for everyone, not just older people, called Roadwise RX. And it is available for free on our website. So RX being like a prescription RX. Correct. And what you can do there, from a, drop, a series of drop-down menus, list all the prescriptive or over-the-counter medications that you take and submit them. And what it will do is provide you with a report that will flag any of the dangerous side effects that could affect your ability to drive for all those medications individually, and also for any interactions between those medications that may exist. Hmm. And not only will it flag them for you, but it will tell you specifically how that could affect your safety behind the wheel and provide you with a printout that you can take to your pharmacist or your healthcare provider to review the medications that you're on, the dosages that you're on when you take the medications as ways to help sort of reduce the risks associated with driving. So many times your doctor can give you a different medication, they can change your dose, and they can change the timing of your dose to help sort of mediate that risk. And so uh, traditionally that's a process called brown bagging. That's what a lot of older people will be familiar with that because their doctor will tell them, hey, put all of the medications that you take in a brown paper bag and bring them to see me in your next appointment. And so they'll just open all the bottles and they'll read them and they'll look, look at all the medications that you take. This is really important because we're, we live in a day of specialists when it yeah. comes to physicians. Yeah. And so one physician may not know what the other has prescribed. So this is a great tool. It sort of makes the brown bag process virtual because you can just bring the form in and review that information there. Uh, it's also great because you can keep that printout in your purse or in your glove compartment and carry it with you in case you're in a crash. That well, information think, will be available. Well, I think sometimes too we forget just how, I mean the medication almost always nowadays has some type of sign on it that says, do not operate large machinery. And we forget that a car is a large machinery. Yeah, you know what else we forget? Is that that message is written on a, on a, on a side of a bottle in really small font. <laughs> <laughs> and for many of the folks who are over age 65, you know, will agree that 
that can be a little challenging oh, yeah. <laughs> at that age if your vision has declined. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, a tool like this is really important and it's definitely something that healthcare providers need to be tuned into as well. Well, and again, you're not saying that they shouldn't be driving because of this. You're saying be proactive, it sounds like. Know what you have and see what you might be able to do to make sure that there are, there are no risks down the road. Yeah, I mean, that is sort of an underlying theme to this whole conversation, I think, because while it's really important to understand what the challenges are that you face you, as an individual, medically and in terms of medications too, but it's to recognize that if you don't know what those challenges are, you can't do anything to fix it. And most of the time, there are things that you can do to help fix it and to remove some of the risk and make it safer for you to drive. That should increase your confidence behind the wheel and extend the length of time that you can safely drive. Well, let me change the topics one briefly for one other area I thought of too. Uh, we talked about the medication and we talked about the person. Are there things about the car itself that uh, senior drivers could at least be alert to and maybe look out for? Sure, so a few years back, we, uh, we like to do top 10 lists at AAA you know, best cars for teens or best cars for families. So we wanted to do something like that for, for seniors as well. And what we learned pretty quick working with a team of occupational therapists out of the University of Florida was that there really is no such thing as a best car for seniors. And the reason is, is that if I'm an older person, let's say I'm 85 years old, the challenges that I face as a driver are gonna be very different from the challenges that you might face as sure. an older individual. I may have arthritis, you may not. I might be short statured, you may be very tall. And so the features in a car are what matter more. And so if I have arthritic hands, then I'm gonna to want to look for features like thicker steering wheels because it requires less hand and grip strength to control the vehicle. Uh, I'm gonna look for push button start so that I don't have to manipulate the key to start and turn off the car. You know, if I'm short, I'm gonna to wanna to look for a low door sill height. I want six-way adjustable seats. Those are the types of things that we wanna look for. So what matters more, you know, is understanding what are the struggles that you have, and based on that information, understanding what are the features then that you ought to look for in a car, whether you're purchasing one or you're gonna rent one on a vacation or something. So we developed a program, Smart Features for Older Drivers. Again, it's free to everyone, members and none. And it's an interactive computer program on our website. And you, again, select whether you have arthritis or you're short stature or whatever it is. And then it will tell you the features then that you should look for in a car and give you an example of makes and models and a variety of price ranges then that you can look for. And so that's a great list to print off and take yeah. with you if you need to go to Hertz and rent a car <laughs> or if you're going to the dealer to get yourself a new car. Wow. So let me go back and sort of regret. If you know someone's listening to this podcast and they have an older parent that's, if they have, maybe they have concerns, maybe they don't. What's your recommendation as an overall broad, the 30,000 view? Sure, that's a great question. And so I guess I'll just approach it uh, from the standpoint of if I am concerned about an older driver, I don't know that there is a problem. There may be, there may not be, but I need to have this conversation. How do I have it? So the first thing that I would recommend doing is collecting information. You need to collect information about the driver. That means you need to observe him or her in action. It doesn't need to be a formal thing. You don't even need to let the driver know that you're observing them. I'm not suggesting that you sit in the car with a, a notepad and a pen <laughs> taking notes on their driving performance. Ride with them to the post office or the grocery store. You know, a lot of us who have older parents will just drive when we're visiting. Yeah it's always better to have them drive. Insist that they drive, it's their car, it's their community, you sit in the passenger seat, you're on vacation. 
and just observe, see how they're doing. Are they staying with the flow of traffic? Are they obeying you know, traffic rules mm. uh, and laws? Are they running red lights or having trouble making left-hand turns? Are they getting honked at a lot by other drivers? Do they seem confused on roads that they should be familiar with? It also is an opportunity for you to inspect the car. Are there dings and scratches all over this car? It's an opportunity for you to say, mom, wh wh when did this happen? You know, I wasn't here last time I visited. How'd that, how'd that happen? Tell me about that. And so you're just collecting information so that you have some examples to share with mom or dad if and when you decide to have this conversation. Also collect information about the trips that mom or dad make on a daily yeah, basis. Okay. Where do they need to go in your average week? The post office, church, friends, grocery store, healthcare appointments. Where are the places that they go and what are the routes that they normally take? And then identify the services, the transportation services available in the area. Are there carpooling? Is there an elder care shuttle? Is there, are there public transit services available? Is there a shuttle through the church? Are there volunteer driver programs in the community? How much do they cost? How, what are the phone numbers? All of that information, collect it, get it in one place. And then you want to talk to the family and pick a spokesperson. This should not be an intervention. <laughs> I would advise against making this an intervention. Pick one person who is going to represent the family and talk to mom or dad. And it should be the person that mom or dad would be most comfortable with having that conversation. And then you wanna sit down with mom or dad and you wanna lay out the information. I'm not sure if you have thought at all about, you know, your ability to drive and if one day you could no longer drive, but you know, we have been very conscious of this lately. You know, you're getting older, you know, we love you and we're concerned about your safety and we just want to make sure that you're okay. And so I've driven with you a few times during my last few trips and here are some of the things that I noticed. You know, I also know where you need to go and how often and I did some homework and I found that there are these services available to you. There are also these screening tools. There's this free program called Roadwise Review. It's free for you to use. Maybe we should try it sometime and just kind of see how things are and whether or not there's anything that we need to worry about. There might not be, but it would be good for us to know. And so approach it in that way, non-threatening. This isn't about taking the keys away. This is about learning more about current status of the situation. And be very reassuring, don't be accusatory. And if the reaction is negative, as you know, for you as somebody who's trying to have this conversation, you can let it go and approach it at another time when things have calmed down. But be persistent and just reassuring that this is about safety and about making sure that we can keep you getting to where you need to go when you need to go there, however that might be. Whether it's you driving yourself or me driving you or rides from friends and family or using these other transportation services or a combination of them. There's a lot of information there, and in fact, I, as I recall also, uh, there's also, you actually have some material that if someone's looking for how to handle that conversation on your website as well. Mm -hmm. Is that true? That is. So if you go to seniordriving.aaa.com, it is a website where you know, everything we talked about here today and more is listed there for you. Lots of free resources, things you can download and print off, interactive tools that can help you become more knowledgeable about this issue. Uh, more confident about the resources that are available to you and how to handle what might be for some a very challenging and intimidating situation to deal with. And in fact, that website, just to make sure everyone understands, 
you have information there for the senior driver and for the younger driver that has to work with the senior. So anyone that has this issue mm -hmm. can go to that address, that website, and find useful information to help them out. That's absolutely correct. And we also treat it as a repository for great tools and resources created by others. So we have things on there from AARP and from the CDC and from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and other places. So when we've seen good work that others have done, we've also uh, listed it on that website to make it available to as many people as we can. And one more time, what's the address? SeniorDriving.aaa.com. Well, Jacob, I want to thank you for taking the time here. We clearly have talked about how the senior driving or senior drivers in general, it's not that they're not safe drivers. There's issues that they need to be alert to to start recognizing that they may have to change their behavior in some respects. And I think this conversation that we've had helps lay it out just how, in some ways, how easy it is to take care of this issue. Yeah, it's, it's just knowing uh, the information and what resources are available to you and taking advantage of them sooner than later. Well, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it very much. I'm sure if we have more questions or more issues, I'll be coming back to talk to you again. <laughs> Sounds good, David. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So there you have it. So the questions you need to start asking now then, just from what you've heard, has anyone expressed any concerns about your driving? How's your vision? How's your physical fitness? How's your reaction time, your attention? Those are all questions that need to be addressed in any self-assessment. Jake mentioned a few of the tools that you can find with, with AAA, RoadWise Review, and RoadWise RX. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, or NHTSA, has also published a brochure called Driving Safely While Aging Gracefully. And there's more tools. AARP has put out tools. These are all out there available because there's a recognition now of the growing population of senior drivers and the recognition that we need to make changes and adjustments so that senior drivers can continue to drive safely and continue to explore new lands and have new adventures or go see your son or your granddaughter or whoever you want to visit. You heard from Jake during the conversation that this whole conversation was about awareness, taking the time to understand that there are things that are happening and then making plans, taking the time to sit down and think it through. Don't just let it happen. And that's what we're trying to do here with this episode is raise your awareness, give you the understandings so that you know what to do before you need to. So I want to thank you for dropping in and listening to this episode of Highway to Safety. Feel free to go to my website at highwaytosafety.com slash zero eight and check out the show notes and any of the links to the topics that were discussed here. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to leave any comments or suggestions, or questions. Have you had to have a conversation with a senior driver, with your parent, mother or father? How did you handle it? I would love to hear what happened. If you want to read my blogs on other traffic safety topics, you can find those at trafficsafetyguide.com. And I have also there some video clips and li other links for traffic safety. I hope you found this episode useful and informative. As I keep saying, this podcast is about providing knowledge, raising awareness, and giving you the tools to be a safer driver. My name is David Wallace, and I'm the Traffic Safety Guy, and I'm here to help you stay on the road and be a safer you. Have a great day.